Well, good morning, church. Let's just pray for a moment. Oh, Lord God, you continue to open our hearts. And today we just ask that you open our hearts to hear your word fresh and new from the Bible. Lord, we may have heard this story many times or we may have heard it once, but Lord, speak to us today. May your Holy Spirit open us up to hear your word fresh and new. Amen. Well, church, we're in our week two of our series, which is called Bless. Um, and five, exploring five practical ways where we can share love with our neighbours. Um, last week, I, I explored what it meant to actually love our neighbours by beginning to actually pray for them, beginning with prayer and praying specifically for our neighbours around us. Now, the foundation of this preaching series is actually from a book by Dave and John Ferguson, and we're going to have a, at least a one or two copies that will be up um, in the church in the next couple of weeks um, if you would like to delve into that as well. It's called, surprisingly, Bless. And over these five weeks of, of this preaching series, we're going to be looking at these five everyday ways that we can love our neighbour. And, and in this process, actually change the world. You know, when we start to love our neighbour as ourselves, as God has directed us, we actually start to change our world. So this week, I am going to explore what it means to listen. So we've begun with prayer, we begin with prayer, and then we listen. To bless our neighbour, you are actually invited to listen to your neighbour. Listen just the same way as Jesus actually listened. But before I actually jump into the Bible um, and, and look at this passage that we've had read today, I want to actually share with some opening comments that's going to help us um, to understand what it means to listen and what it actually, what it means for us to be listened to. Now, um, Annette and I sat down the other day and we we watched a bit of an ABC program called um, Old People's Homes for Teenagers. Has anybody ever watched that? Yeah, fantastic. It was, it was really good. But, you know, one of the things that came out of that that I thought was amazing, well, actually, I'm, I'm not that surprised because I've heard it in many different places, was, was that our emerging generations are struggling with their identity and acceptance of themselves. And parents, we kind of understand that. We get that. We see that happening. But I want to also say it's not just the emerging generation. Over, over, all of the generations have this you know, deep-seated thing of, of actually struggling with who we are as especially our lives change. You know, when, when people transition from being from full-time employment to retirement, what's your identity in that space? Am I going to be accepted by being a person that is no longer earning the money and doing something else? So there's all of these things. It's not just for our emerging generations that are, that are learning and growing and, and trying to understand the life. It's for everybody. We have this struggle about identity and acceptance. To frame this in a slightly different way, and I'm going to put a quote on the screen for you. When people in our lives feel unheard, 
and unknown, it ultimately leaves them feeling unloved. Let me say that again. When people feel unheard and unknown, it leaves them feeling unloved. See, this is super profound if you think about it for a moment. And I, I want to kind of ask you this question. Have you ever felt like that you have been unknown? Uh, you know, where, where people haven't actually really got to know you as a person? Where you, you feel that there's a lack of identity and acceptance on there? Maybe you've also, you know, felt like that what you have to say people aren't listening to. You're feeling not heard. You know, if you've ever felt that, you know that feeling that, you know, you're unknown and you're unheard and that somehow you don't matter. That whole feeling of being unloved. So pushing into this whole notion of listening and being heard... Um, Annette often gives me wonderful advice. It's important, you know, um, and, and, and it's, it's interesting. And actually, it's not just advice based for me. It's actually advice about how we can kind of listen. And one, one of the things that Annette does in her career is to is to help people who may have had a stroke or things are going on to actually um, function better. And um, one of the things that she talked to me about a little while ago, and, and it stuck with me, was that often what happens with people is that when you are listening to something or a piece of information or thing, we actually don't attend to the person that is speaking. We don't attend to the information that is being given. We've got lots of things, we're being distracted, we've got lots of things going on. We're not actually attending to what is being said. And therefore, when we don't attend to what is being said, we forget it. I actually have to say this, this is one of my flaws. And Annette's kind of going, hmm. I know that over the last couple of weeks, I've asked a couple of times about, you know, when things are happening, what's going on. And I know because I actually haven't attended properly to the information. It hasn't necessarily impacted me because it was about other people, but I wasn't attending. And in, in, in all honesty, I'm going to share another flaw that I have. And, and it's when sometimes, you know, when you are speaking with somebody, you're talking with somebody, and, and this, this happens, and I hate to say it, it happens to pastors often. Because when we're speaking with, some things, with people, and it might be about a difficult situation, it might be, you know, what's going on in their life, we often are thinking about so many things in our head that we're thinking about what advice can I give, what verse should be coming out, um, you know, what information should I give that we forget to actually just stop and attend and listen to the person. We're spending so much time in trying to craft the perfect answer in our brain that we actually miss what's going on in people's lives because we're not actually listening we're actually thinking about what is the next thing that we need to say. 
So we've changed it from actually listening to the person to thinking about what is important to say after that. And yes, it, you know, I'm telling you, I'm being honest, at times that is the thing. I don't know about you. Have you ever, have you ever been in a prayer meeting? Um, I hope everybody goes, yes, we have. Of course, I know. <laughs> we're just talking about prayer. You know, being in a prayer meeting where everybody's praying and you, you kind of go, you're there and you suddenly, somebody's praying and then you're going, oh, I better think about what I'm going to pray about. And instead of attending to the prayer that's actually happening, you're thinking about the amazing words that you're about to say. And you're going over your head and you're spending all that, you know, we're not actually attending, we're not listening, we're not partaking in this. We're getting caught up in our own things. So in order to be a great listener, in order to be somebody that listens well, we actually need to silence four noises that are going on inside of us. I'm going to put them on the screen for you. Here are the four noises that we need to actually silence. The first is the physical noise. And I, and I, and I love Glenda's um, kids, kids' ministry story just this morning about having headphones on and being silenced to the things that were going around us. You know, we actually need, in our environment, there are things that are distracting when we're trying to listen. Have you ever, have you ever um, had a conversation with somebody and you happen to be on your phone um, just scrolling through things and you're trying to listen to somebody? No? There you go. Well, you, you're brilliant, James. So, so sorry. Well, it, I, I had to tell you that generations change and things, you know, you know, I think we have these. But the reality is, one of the things I have is I, ha I have a, a special function on this phone that puts it into complete silence mode whenever we're in worship, whenever we're in church, whenever we're meant to be doing something. And so it doesn't bing or ring or notify me. You know, you might have it in your pocket and suddenly it's, you know, a notification comes and we're still not attending, probably busy suddenly going, oh, something's happening. What is that? So it's those physical things, you know, the physical noise, the things in our environment um, that are distracting us. You know, in order to remove that, in order to quiet that noise, we actually need to remove that distraction. We remove that distraction. So, so you know, if we're in the sermon notes and you want to just, there's this point there. What are the things that cause you to be distracted that are physical noise? Just have a think about that for a moment. The next thing that we have is, is psychological noise. That's the noise that is going on in our brain. You know, our brain is thinking about doing things. You know, how it's explaining how you're thinking about what are the next thing to come up. The stuff that's going on in our head. That's rolling around and thinking. And, and we, we actually need to, to actually attend. The way we reduce that noise, actually attend what is being said. If we're wanting to be a listener, we actually need to attend to what is being said. We need to quiet that noise that's going on in our head, that psychological noise. At times, we also have another noise that our body does, which is um, our physiological noise. That, that is the noise that is happening because something is going on in our body. You know, you might be hungry and you're, you, you, and you're having a conversation with somebody. Have you ever noticed you get really distracted when you're hungry? 
You might be sitting in a particular spot and suddenly your leg is getting really sore and falling asleep because you sat and you, you suddenly, instead of listening to the person, what happens? You're thinking about your leg and how that is sore or you're thinking about your stomach and it's hungry. You're thinking, you know, we have psychological, we have physical, psychological and physiological noise. And, and when we have that, um, that noise that's happening, that physiological noise, the, the way we overcome that, the way we quiet that noise is we actually address that. So if, if you're hungry, go and eat something. You know, actually, go, actually, I really want to keep in this conversation, but I'm really hungry. Can we go and get something to eat and continue this conversation? You know, it, it, it's not rude or anything like that. It's, 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 a, it's a way of quieting that noise so you can actually really listen to the person. And the last is the semantic noise. And that's about, you know, getting confused with the words that are being said, the meaning of what is being said to us. And the way we quiet that noise is we actually seek to ask questions to clarify what is actually being said. So you actually go through the process of listening to the person and you're going, oh, do I actually really understand what they're saying? Ask a clarifying question and that will quiet that noise of you having to think, have I got this wrong? Have I got the wrong meaning? Am I going in the wrong direction? So we've got all these four noises and, and, and what, you know, ways to, to quiet them. You know, if we won't really want to love our neighbour, and we, we, we went through last week, we, we put in what are, who are the eight neighbours around us that we're going to continue to pray for, that we're going to really want to love and share Jesus' love with them. God's love with them. Now, we need to actually move it from just praying for them to actually listening to them, having a conversation with them, talking with them. So how do we do this? How, how do we do this? When, when, and, and let's follow the example of what Jesus does. Jesus was a, a, an immense, a great listener. So we're going to delve into Luke 18, verse 35 to 43. And here we have, you know, a, a very famous passage of, of Scripture here. It's, it's, in, it's in various musicals and, you know, um, that, that it's you know, the blind man on the side of the road and he cried and you know, all of that thing. So let's hear it again so that we can attend to the Word of God. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he called out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. What I want you to see today, what I want you to hear today from this passage is about attending, about listening, about clarifying. See, Jesus here is making his way to Jericho. He's, he's making his way to Jericho, and we know from if we read through the gospel that he's, he's actually heading towards Jerusalem, and he's heading towards Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. Now, it wasn't that he was just doing this. 
a whole crowd. And people are coming to celebrate the Passover. So he's not walking alone. There's crowds of people. There are people that are making this pilgrimage, this journey to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover there. And, and, and lots of people are there, all making their way to Jerusalem. And in the midst of that, amidst of the noise, Jesus has an encounter with a blind man, has an encounter with a beggar on the side of the road. And you can imagine it's not just only one. There are lots of people on the side of the road as all of these people are journeying through. What a better time to go and see if I can get some coin to help me to beg for assistance. And as Jesus is walking along, what's happening? What do we see? Those who are walking along with Jesus and wanting to you know, understand and you can talk with him and be close to him and have, you have that journey with him, what do we see? The people around him around Jesus, are trying to silence the beggar. But Jesus stops and actually attends to the beggar. You know, somebody's crying out, he's crying out and saying, what does he say? Son of David, have mercy on me. He's crying out. And so Jesus turns and attends to the man. He actually gives him his attention. That's what attending means, to actually give your attention to there. Fully attention there. And we know that Jesus is fully God. We know that Jesus would have known exactly what this man needed. You know, he's a blind man. What do you think a blind man needs? Well, you need your sight. But instead of just going, oh, you're cured, and walks on, instead of giving him insight, what does he do? He actually asks the man. He clarifies. He asks the man, what do you want? He has a conversation. Rather than assuming he knew what the man wanted, rather than assuming to know what's going on, he actually stops and asks a question and then receives the answer. He listens to the man about his wants, his needs, his hurts, his aspirations. To move from being just his sole income and being able to beg on the side of the road to be opened up so more that he could have so much more. It's, it's, it's more than just a simple healing in this space. It's allowing this person, this person to become um, a contributing member within society to move from begging to one to be praising We see the crowd tries to silence the man, but Jesus listens to the blind man. The crowd wanted to pass by, didn't want to know about the blind man. He was just another beggar on the side of the road, crying out for mercy, crying out for alms. But Jesus wanted to know what the blind man needed. Jesus shows us that to listen to your neighbour is to know your neighbour, and it means that you are showing them that you are loved. So if we put up the last of our slides, it's to listen and to be known is to be loved. So if we think about this, instead of us just assuming that we know what's going on in the life of our neighbours, 
we really want to love our neighbours as ourselves, as we are commanded to do, what do we need to do? We need to begin by praying for them. We need to then move into actually listening to them. To help them to be known, that you may know them and that you may listen to them in order to show them your love. In order to show them God's love made real through you. This is actually something within our grasp. When we think the world is hurting, when we know that people have, are in pain, the simplest thing we can do is to listen to them. In a world of indifference and apathy, let us bless the world around us by showing love, by sharing and listening. So let us love our neighbour as ourselves by praying for them and by listening to them. Let's just pray together, church. Oh Lord God, we, we see how Jesus, your son, made flesh. We see how your Jesus listened to the blind man to find out his need. And then did, as he said, and showed mercy and showed love. Lord, help us today to think of those people who are around us, our neighbours, our families, our friends, those who are at work. Lord, help us to listen more fully. Help us to be open to hear your word. But more than that, help us to be open to hear others around us. Lord, may we show our love by knowing our neighbours, by listening to our neighbours. We ask this in your holy name. Amen.